<laughs> oh snap crackle pop y'all know what's going on we back in the building happy friday everybody from your boy d wood and this is the bringing the wood podcast and y'all know what i'm here to do i'm here to bring y'all sports on a high level and on an intellectual level so that we can know what's going on in these sports worlds today and uh today's episode man what episode four on the on the comeback trail it feels good I feel like get a little bit more comfortable in the studio or in the booth, as I like to say. I feel like I get a little bit more comfortable in the booth the more episodes I do and preparing myself my notes, getting my notes ahead of time so I'm not cramming last minute. And again, I just thank you to everybody that tuned in, to everybody that like, subscribe, share, post. You know what I'm saying? Post me everywhere, man. You in some sports group, throw me in there. Let them know. I talk good enough to where I, could, I, I, I get some respect. But we're going to get straight to it today on this episode of the Bringing the Wood podcast. Uh, for hoop, hoop's been real quiet, but the Celtics did offer my Nets a trade. We'll get into that. We'll get into multiple teams jumping into the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes now after they found out it's real, real, and they really looking to trade this man. So now we got a couple teams that jumped into that. We got the Draymond uh, situation wanting the max deal, obviously, and Big Fish's NFL training camps have started. Uh, the Raiders are already in pads. The Jaguars are in pads. They they play the Hall of Fame game next week. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, training camps. We'll talk about Raiders, Niners, and Titans. Because like I told y'all, favorite team, the Titans. And I'm a Bay Area guy. So those guys going to always get the first swing most of the time. I'll go over as the weeks go on through a bunch of different camp battles. Of course, we got Baker Mayfield and all those camp battles. But we'll focus on just Raiders, uh, Titans, and Niners when we uh, slide into the football section of things a little bit later on in the show but on a lighter note we're gonna get to the nba and by lighter note i mean zion williamson and not saying he lost weight but i know y'all seen his max deal but i don't know if y'all seen the clause that they put in his contract there's a weight clause to where he can't go above 29.5 percent body fat at any point in time or they can void his contract and take the money that that is big. That's that's big. And obviously, twenty nine percent body fat. I don't, I don't know how the numbers work. You know, most super athletic people are ten or less percent. But obviously, Zion's a bigger kid. He's not finna walk around here walk rocked up, chiseled like an action figure. So I think twenty nine percent body fat, twenty nine point five is what it says. Uh, he can't go above that, or it'll uh, it'll throw off, or he'll lose money, or or they can opt out of the deal. I'm pretty sure they won't opt out of the deal because then you basically just be cutting him. And he'll be a free agent. So I definitely think they probably just got claws to where they take money back if he's overweight or if he's missing games because of his weight. They'll definitely get money back. I think it's a good thing to have, something to put in. Um, definitely, uh, I'm a big Zion fan. Obviously, he's a Duke Blue Devil. Um, if you go to Duke, you're my guy. So, But Zion's definitely a boy. And we've seen what the Pelicans did last year, made the playoffs and even won a couple playoff games. You know, didn't beat the Suns in the series. But they definitely showed their playoff team and They'll be a better team with Zion and uh, uh, even more t- a better coach team with Willie Green going into his second year as the coach. Now he gets a full year. Guys know what he can do. We've seen what he can do, what he's capable of. And I think um, I think everybody's going to buy in. And I think the Pelicans will be a, a be a, a, at least a top seven team. I don't, you know, they'll probably be right in that play in area. But again, they could probably get that that fifth spot and be in the clear. But I definitely think they're they're a top 10 team in the West for sure. Higher than that, but you can pencil them anywhere in between 5 and 10. So I just like to say a top 10 team. But um, I like the little, I like that weight clause in this thing because we've been seeing Zion since he got to Duke. He's blowing up. He's getting small. You've seen he blew up when he got hurt. 
for the Pelicans in the first rookie season. We see how big he got. So I definitely think they understand that, like, for him to be the best player he can be and for the Pelicans to be as successful as they can be and reach the maximum potential of this team, they're going to need Zion. And not only are they going to need him, they're going to need him fully healthy and fully in shape to contribute because the kid in small sample size, it seems like he's going to be a dominant, dominant player. So I do like that. It's an update. And I think we're going to, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of teams. Obviously, we'll talk about the Kyler Murray thing when I get to the NFL. But we're going to start seeing a lot of teams putting in clauses for, again, these new era, younger players in this new age where, you know, I hate to say this, but a lot of players now are just playing for the bat. I just want a big contract. I want to be famous. I want to have followers. I want to be seen in the streets. So it's like you don't take the game that serious. Once you're in the door, you're like, man, I'm in here. And um, that's what separated the goods from the greats. And again, I, I can go on all day about, you know, goods and greats and how you should prepare yourself. But I think Zion, obviously, as a player, you don't want this in your contract. You know what I'm saying? This is things you should just want to do because you want to be great. But at the same time, as the Pelicans ownership, we got to protect our investment. We put we putting all this money into you. So you're going to have to do something for us. Since we finna get uncomfortably and pay you an uncomfortable number, you have to do something uncomfortable, like continuously stay in shape. And I like the challenge for Zion, and I hope he meets that challenge head on and uh, kicks his ass and uh, has a tremendous all-star year this year. And uh, look out for the Pelicans this year as they're going to definitely be making moves, big-time moves. But I definitely want to talk about Donovan Mitchell, too, because first it was just the Knicks were interested in him. After we seen they traded Rudy Gobert, we know that Utah is on a, on a, on a rebuild. I talked about that on the, last po- on the last podcast, so you already know. Tune in and check it out last week's episode. But... We know Donovan Mitchell trying to get out of there. Like he said, he ain't demanding a trade. But if a trade is imminent and he can find a good place that fits him and he can, you know, propel his career to the next level, why not? I don't, I don't see a problem with it. And um, so far, they said the teams that came out outside of the Knicks, we already knew. We got the Wizards, the Raptors, the Hornets, the Kings, and the Hawks. Obviously, I I used I picked I picked um. When I first broke the Donovan Mitchell thing, I also put in the Heat and the Clippers. I thought were two other teams that could use them. Obviously, I don't think the Clippers are going to want to trade Paul George, but it's like, who do you think is better, Paul George or Donovan Mitchell? But again, we're only going to talk about the teams that actually are known for being involved in it now. And I like these teams, for real. Uh, except for the Hawks. I'm like, y'all just got uh, DeJounte Murray. So unless y'all going to be real small with Trey Young, Murray, and Mitchell, if if they were to get Mitchell, you know, if they were to get Mitchell, I'm just breaking it down like that. If they were to get Mitchell, you would have a very small backcourt plus a frontcourt plus that extra forward. Your small forward would be either Donovan Mitchell or DeJounte Murray, and neither one of them dudes are over six foot four or six foot five. So I'm not really feeling the Hawks, but I know the Hawks have a lot of players that they can trade to get a Donovan Mitchell. That's the only thing. So maybe it's a three-team trade or something, and maybe some players go somewhere else. But I think the Hawks have a, have a lot of uh, players they could trade to to uh, entice the Hawks, I mean, to entice the Jazz with young players and picks to uh, persuade Donovan Mitchell. But again, I don't really like the Hawks' look. The Hornets one, I'm a LaMelo fan, so I would love to see him in LaMelo ball playing. But I'm not sure the Hornets really got enough players. I mean, they got a lot of picks, so you could probably throw a lot of picks at them. Terry Rozier, uh, P.J. Washington, maybe Miles Bridges in a signing trade, depending on how his scenario uh, pans out. 
uh, book night where they took uh, last year out of UConn with their uh, with their early pick. Um, they got a few players they can throw out there and try to get uh, Donovan Mitchell. Gordon Hayward has a, a heavier contract, so that numbers will be able to match up. You probably have to throw him in there. But again, I'm not sure. None of those players are just enticing. Like none of those dudes feel like they're going to help us out. But a bunch of talented players, to say the least. So as much as I would love to see him play with Lamelo, I'm not sure if they got the right package of players and picks to get uh, Donovan Mitchell. And then there's the Kings. Shout out to my boy D'Lo, big one of the biggest, if not the biggest Kings fan I know. And then my homie D Mays, they're some Kings fans, and they'll probably be on the podcast as season go on. And jump on here and y'all will get to hear their opinions on their teams and on their team and how they feel. The Kings one is interesting. But the only thing that's scary is what if they want De'Aaron Fox? So to my Kings fans out there who listen, what if they want De'Aaron Fox? What if they say give us De'Aaron Fox? Um, you know, another young player, not Keegan Murray, but another young player. Uh, and 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 a and a busload of picks, you know that's been the hot commodity. So maybe I'll give De'Aaron Fox and five picks and two pick swaps, so like seven total picks, which they were saying they wanted seven first round picks. So seven picks, De'Aaron Fox, and I could probably go look on their roster and maybe and Harrison Barnes, and you know something like that, and you get back Donovan Mitchell. Would you like that as a as a Kings fan? Would you? How would you feel if your big three going into the future would be Donovan Mitchell, Sabonis? And Keegan Murray. And I think Keegan Murray has tremendous upside. So I think he'll end up being a better offensive player than a bonus. So in time, he'll be the number two player. I think he can he gives me like a like a small Chris Bosch. Like he's not 6'10, 6'11 like Bosch. He kind of like 6'9-ish. But he's got the, the long length. He can post up. He can shoot the three. He defends well too. You know what I'm saying? Bosch could sw- switch defend and guard multiple positions because he wasn't a big, big power forward. He was really athletic. So Keegan Murray, I think he can he can definitely put the help the Kings out. But again, Donovan Mitchell, bro. Like if if they can get that, but if they can somehow trade without trading De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, or Murray, and they can trade everybody else on the Kings roster and seven first round picks and get Mitchell and still have those three players, the Kings will be a playoff team easily. Not a play in team. I believe the Kings would be a playoff team. And I'm not even a fan of Mike Brown. So I'm not saying they would go win a ring or anything. I don't think I don't think that Mike Brown's a great coach. And again, that could change over time. But I'm not sure Mike Brown is just a great coach of X's and O's. He's a great defensive coach. So I know that one thing the Kings will that will be better on them is their defense will be a lot better. He's a great defensive coach. He's been a great defensive coach since he was with LeBron in Cleveland. And even when he had his small stint in LA. With Dwight and Powell and Kobe. Like, he's always been known for being able to coach defense. But his offense sputters because, you know, you need X's and O's. But he brought in a whole staff with him this time of a bunch of ex-Warrior players and Warrior staff. So, he's he ain't been a head coach in a long time. He's been an assistant coach to Kerr. So, he's could have, uh, how would I say this to my power watchers? He's could have gotten the game. <laughs> Give me the game, Ghost. So I think Kirk could have given Brown the game and let him know, like, hey, man, you can only control so much. This is why you put assistance in place, and this is why assistants get hired because they do a great job at assisting you. So if they can help him out and find ways to get whoever he has on his offense when the time comes, obviously we're talking about putting down the Mitchell in there or De'Aaron Fox or both depending on how the trade go. So I definitely think Mike Brown, like I said, he, he, uh, 
I'm open on him right now. I don't think he's a great coach, but again, you can change. You can evolve. He could have got better. He ain't been a coach in a long time. He's been there for all the Warriors rings since the first one. So he's been in the Bay for a minute, getting the game from Kerr and building up. And low-key on the under, you building up your own coaching staff. You know, you're like, hey, if I get a job in a couple of years, you going to come? Hey, if I get a head coaching job, would you come over? I'll take you from this assistant job and move you up to the bench. So... He could have aligned his ducks well. Obviously, I've been rooting for the Kings. I know a lot of Kings fans, so I root, I root for him. You know what I'm saying? So I'm definitely hoping the best. But if they can somehow get Donovan Mitchell without trading De'Aaron Fox, that'd be great. But again, to my Kings fans, answer me that. Would you trade De'Aaron Fox for Donovan Mitchell? And I'm going to let that sit right there. And the other two teams was the Wizards and the Raptors. The Raptors, yeah. But again, are y'all willing to trade Pascal Siakam or uh, or uh, the rookie who won Rookie of the Year last year, Scotty Barnes? Are y'all willing to come off them? Because y'all wasn't willing to come off them for Kevin Durant. But that could be because Kevin Durant, 35, 34 years old. So you're only going to get, you know what I'm saying, maybe two to three more years. We know Donovan Mitchell is literally about to hit his prime. So, you know, you could definitely get more years out of him. So maybe a Pascal or, or, or Scotty. Plus, you know, a couple other players. You got uh, uh, Gary Trent over there. I'm not sure if they would trade Vlan Fleet. But I know they were going to want one of those dudes to pair in the backcourt with him. And then Siakam or Scotty Barnes would be his running mate. And that would be like the team they would build with. And they, they anywhere Donovan Mitchell goes, he's going to make the team better. But again, the Raptors team, I'm not sure if they're going to be a, if they're going to just be a dangerous team. Because you're going to have to you're going to have to come off of one of those players. And I'm talking Siakam or Scotty. So you know, I don't know how good they'd still be with Donovan Mitchell. I feel like he'd just be in Utah of East if he went to Toronto. It'd be like, I could get... My bad, man. I forgot to put my phone on Do Not Disturb, and I got a call, and it cut me off. But my bad. I remember where I was at. It was definitely talking. I was talking about Donovan Mitchell. If he was to go to the Raptors and he lost Siakam or Scotty, he'd be in Toronto. I mean, he'd be in Utah of the East where he could be a top three, four seed because of all the talent around, but I don't see them winning a championship. So I don't think he should should really go to Toronto. And the Wizards, nah, not at all. Now, unless they want to go get picks from the Wizards because you just don't think no matter who you put on the Wizards, the Wizards are going to be good, that's fine. But it's like, are y'all going to trade Bradley Bill? All right, well then who, are we, who do y'all have that's worth Donovan Mitchell? You know what I'm saying? So, like, that would be literally selling your car for gas money. Like, Bradley Bill, Donovan Mitchell, I'm not going to say they're the same person, but, like, they're both tremendous guards. And I'm like, if you're not finna have both of them in Washington, ain't no point to swap players because you'd be in the same predicament. But for Utah, you would get a bunch of good picks, and now you'd be able to put a bunch of players around Bradley Bill. But, again, both of them, I feel like swapping would just be in the same shoes. So I definitely don't think the Wizards will get in. So I'm really thinking... The Knicks, the Kings, and then, you know, fingers crossed the Hornets. Unless a dark horse team come out of the woodworks. But, again, we'll know in time and now keep everybody updated if any other trades do pop up. Or not trades, but uh, trade offers for Donovan Mitchell. You know, because we still got a long offseason. Hoop just ended 40 seconds ago. So, it's still fresh. And uh, people are going to be still making moves. And, obviously, we still got to wait for the big domino to fall. And speaking of the big domino, KD, the Celtics offered us, which was um, shocking, uh, Jalen Brown and Derek White 
and multiple firsts, and it was it was rumored to be four or five firsts, and two of them were pick swaps, and that was for Kevin Durant straight, and we declined it, and we told him if they add Marcus Smart to the trade, it would be good. Now, obviously, again, before I even get into the depths of the trade, you're never going to get value for Kevin Durant. He's one of the top five best players in the NBA. So it's going to be hard to get real face value for him. But Jalen Brown, who was an all-star, he wasn't an all-star this year. He was an all-star last year. But we see him making strides. He averaged 23, 6, and 3.5, and shot 35% from three, and is a two-way player of the, of, uh, of the highest, of one of the highest. Probably not the best two-way player, but easily a top five two-way player in the league. Jalen Brown is, and then it comes to scoring and defending. Derek White, uh, he was good for the Spurs, and then went over to Boston and was even better. And I think he could play a role like that for us coming off the bench and running the second unit. I think that would work for us well, especially if we still got Kyrie. Like he'd be able to spare Kyrie off the off, and like you know what I'm saying. But I do think if we trade KD, we're for sure trading Kyrie. That's just another one of those things. But until those trades happen, I gotta break it down like that. But I also want Marcus Smart. You give us Marcus Smart. Now we for sure gonna get rid of Kyrie, and now we go into a season with. And they probably throw in, I feel like they might try to throw in another player. But if we can go into our season with Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Derek White, Nick Claxton, Royce O'Neal, TJ Warren, we talking about a real defensive team, y'all. Obviously, we got Nash as our coach, so hopefully he can do offense because we ain't going to need no help on defense. We'd be able to switch on literally everything. There's nobody who can't guard a one through five in the lineup that I just named. And that ain't even that wouldn't even be our starting lineup, but those are just some of our better defenders. We still got Joe Harris who's recovering from the ankle, who didn't play all last year. So, you know, I, I like that. So we 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 still got Seth Curry. So we still got a bunch of players. And if we can, like I said, Aiden, I wanted I didn't say I, I would have took Aiden. I wasn't really feeling the Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam unless we got them both. If we got them both, then I would have took it. But I can't say that I'm not feeling the Jalen Brown. And this is if Kevin Durant don't want to stay. Like, if his if his final remorse is like he really won't out of here because he's just not feeling it, it's not what he thought it was going to be, then let's go get Jalen Brown and let's try to make our team real defensive, see if we can squeeze Marcus Smart out of that. And, you know, maybe we might got to throw them a player in back or something. Maybe we might got to send them Curry or Joe or somebody. And that could hurt us offensively, but, man. We get Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and Derek White and maybe Grant Williams or somebody like that, you know what I'm saying, plus some picks for the next three, four years because we didn't trade all our picks over the last umpteen years trying to get all of these players. So we definitely going to need picks back to get ourselves right for the future. But, I, again, I like I like the trade offer, but I definitely want Marcus Smart too. So I'm hoping we don't pull the trigger, but if we do, I don't think I'd be horribly upset. I think we would be a I think we'd be a, a play-in team unless Jalen Brown or you know, well, that depends on what we do with Kyrie. If we still got Kyrie, Jalen Brown, and Ben Simmons, then we could be a top five seed. You know what I'm saying? In the East. Easy. But you know, we lose Kyrie, no telling it's no telling what we're gonna trade Kyrie for if we trade Kyrie away and we end up with you know smart and Jalen Brown. 
Ben Simmons. Like, I know we'll be defensive, so we'll definitely be able to get into the play in at worst. If not, you know what I'm saying, get that six seed and be straight. But I definitely, like I said, I'm definitely vibing with the Boston trade. I know they ain't offering Tatum because we just did that straight like this. Eyes closed. But Derek White, 13 points, 5 assists, shot 30% from the three last year. Was a, was a solid defender and, and started in some spurts for the uh, for the Celtics on a, on a championship run. That, you know, they didn't win it, but he was a part of it. And he was a big reason why they got there, too, because his play and the trade, it was perfect. So I wouldn't mind having those dudes on the team at all. For real, for real. But that's just a little update on what the Nets is going. It's really been quiet. KD's really been, uh, you know, how he does it. Zero Dark 30, keeping it low-key. He popped up at a couple of events. We've seen him out. But um, as far as what he's been saying, it's kind of just been the same. Like, we don't know. Obviously, like I said, we like I said on previous podcasts, we got him for four years locked in. We don't have to do anything. He cannot show up, and then we'll just start taking money from him. But, like, we don't have to do anything. So, I like, if we don't get a trade that... We feel like, obviously, we're not going to win. But if we don't feel like we're getting a trade that can put us in a position to still compete, because we're not trying to rebuild. So if we can't get enough players and picks that put us in a good position to retool and continue to be successful and be a playoff team, then we're going to keep KD. And we might keep Kyrie. Unless he don't want Kyrie there, then we'll trade Kyrie. And we'll be KD, Ben Simmons, and whoever we trade Kyrie for. But I'm going to keep y'all updated on that as long as it's, as it drags out. And, you know, because just like y'all want to know, I want to know. I'm tired of the runaround and tired of the debacle. I'm, I'm ready to know if we're going to rock with these guys or we're going to come new. It's what training camp. I mean, training camp is in what? Early October. Or late September. So, you know, we it, it's going to be here before we know it. So I definitely want us to make a move or not make a move, but be be uh stern and, and 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 put our chips on the table and let them know this is what we're doing this is how we're moving forward so we can focus on building this basketball team up and trying to win a championship because that's that's what we put this team together for to win a championship so yeah let's get it together brooklyn we need it and uh before we switch over to football i got one more little topic i want to talk about and i you know i gotta talk about the dubs i told y'all y'all gonna hear Brooklyn, I go here to Warriors, I go here to Kings on who all the time, a mixture with all the other teams, and then in football it's gonna be Niners, Raiders, Titans. These is my teams that I that I I deal with, so y'all gonna get a heavy dose of them. So I definitely got to talk about my favorite Warrior player, Draymond Green, and then um, he came out on his podcast and or the media and was saying that he's gonna want a max extension, and the max extension gonna be like one something for like four years, four years, four year max, like one eighty something. He'll get another, he get the extension, but he's unsure if the Warriors want to give it to him. And, and I'm pretty sure the Warriors are unsure if they want to give Dre a max. Dre's numbers have definitely declined like every year over the last couple years since since probably the Raptors series when they lost. He hasn't gotten better, but his value is still unmatched. So. Like I was telling my cousin, my cousin Brandon, I was talking to him. We always talk, shoot the shit on sports. And um, I had sent to him after I seen him make a little post about it. I said, I definitely don't think the Warriors will unless Curry, unless Curry literally tells them out of his mouth. I want Dre back. Give him whatever he want. Then it's a, it's a slim chance they don't let Dre, they, they let Dre walk because it's like, bro, do we want to? Lock you in for four years and you technically what you're doing ain't really helping us. Like we're winning in spite of you. 
even though I don't feel like it's like that. When you look at the numbers, it feels like you're winning in spite of Draymond. But Draymond really gets everybody in the right places on offense and defense. So it's like he has the he does the intangible things that you don't see in stats and info that you would see, you know what I'm saying, for another player that wants a max deal. So, you know, you line up Dre to another power forward who's getting the max, and you'd be like, yeah, this, this guy isn't worth it. But when you look at what he does for the team and you watch a game and you're like, man, this is one of their best players. So they're definitely in a dilemma. Um... But I'll say this. I'm not sure if they're going to pay him or not because it's still too early to tell. Still got to play this year out. You know what I'm saying? But don't be surprised if Dre does not resign with the Warriors. Don't be surprised if he end up with LeBron. And y'all know that. And I'm pretty sure Warrior fans know that. Y'all know Dre and LeBron have a love-hate that's more love than it is hate. They really only hate each other on the basketball court. They're actually business partners and, and good friends off the court. But you can't tell Boy, y'all gonna be through with me when y'all hear this episode. But yeah, bruh, they they good buddies off the court, bruh. And um, again, I think I think he'll link up with Bron and they'll go play anywhere if it's in L.A. or wherever. Little Bronny at or you know wherever. Like I don't think I think that, and I think they'd play well with each other. He'd help LeBron. He LeBron would play off the ball a little bit more if Draymond Green was on his team. That's somebody who knows what they're doing with the ball. And everybody always that's one of those things I say about LeBron. LeBron don't mind playing off the ball. If you know what you're doing with the ball, but if you don't know what you're doing with the ball, then LeBron's going to play on ball. And I think Dre is one of those dudes who could get the ball and be like, hey, Bron, take your ass over there and go do that. And I'm going to get it to you right there. And he's going to get it right where he wanted. And I think they'd, they'd work well together. But obviously, the way it'd be crazy not to pay that man. Like he does, like he he is a glue guy. And I think, you know, he might not be uh, helpful for four years, but I think in the next two years, y'all can get another ring. Maybe two. He's still good enough to do that. But, you know, four years down the line, you know, then that could be different. So I understand. And that money will be tied up. So, hey, Warriors got some decisions to make. But somebody going to be happy if Draymond walk because somebody going to get a hell of a player. And um, I, I, I'll i be excited to see where he goes if he leaves the Warriors. Like I said, it's all up to, for real, for real. Like I said earlier, it's really up to Curry. If Curry say, hey, I want my guy back, give him what he want, they're going to pay him. And he'll be back, he'll be a warrior, and he'll retire a warrior. But if Curry like, hey, do what y'all got to do for the team, but just make sure you know we still got some talent, they might let him walk. And we'll see soon enough. We're going to stay tuned. Y'all already know I keep my ears to the streets for all of the Warriors, Kings, and and, and Nets talk. And like I said, I'm, I'm a sports junkie, so I get everything. But my main folks... It's Bay Area people. So, you know, I'm going to make sure I get my Bay Area teams love along with my teams. And like I said, I love sports. So I'm going to spread love all the way around to every team. It's a, it's a long year. And I'm, I'm excited. Like I said, it's, it's been a, a offseason was hot to start. Hoop was lit when it first started for the last like week. It's it's settling down a little bit. We It's starting to feel like it's the offseason. It ain't so much drama. So, um. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. But I, I had to speak on Dre because that's my favorite. It's my favorite warrior. He rocked a two three. That's a real number. Man, he's he's like he one of those players I'd be. He like I'm that player on the football field that Dre is on the you know what I'm saying on the hoop court. Like my numbers might not show it all the time, but like what I do for the team, you won't be able to replace that. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Dre. Get your bag wherever it's at. 
But, hey, we're going to take a break, pay a couple bills. You know what I'm saying? How I do it. Take me a sip of some water. We're going to come back and we're going to get into this NFL. I got uh, the NFC and AFC East to go over with first. We're going to talk about, though, they offseason. And then we're going to get into training camp. Training camp is back. We got teams in pads. And it's already been injuries and updates and signings. And we're going to get to them right after this. It's the Bringing the Wood podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Bringing the Wood podcast. I am your host, D. Wood. Thank y'all for tuning in. I want to apologize for all of the hiccups. I'm using my phone to record. So, man, I forgot to put it on Do Not Disturb. And alarms and calls is going off. But this this football talk going to be smooth. I'm on Do Not Disturb. We are about to smooth sail the NFL because camp is back. The pads is on. Boys is hitting. And and it's finna go down. It's finna go down. Football is here. We got preseason next week. I'll get into that later between the Jags and the Raiders. But right now, we're just going to do some quick notes, some quick hits from the NFL. A few things that happened over the last couple days that I'm going to get into just real briefly. Quan Alexander, the old linebacker from the Niners and the Saints. He just signed a one-year deal with the Jets right before camp started. So he's going to get to go in and try to battle. But that other linebacker position, it'll be him, C.J. Mosley. And uh, I always forget Quentin Williams, the D-tackle. He has a brother there that plays linebacker. I always forget his name. But he started last year with C.J. Mosley. And I think they're going to try to add Quan to that, have a nice three-down, three linebackers in that 4-3. Um, y'all remember Pat White, the uh, quarterback for West Virginia, who we all loved back in high, not in high school. Well, we were in high school, but back in college when he was balling out for West Virginia, him and Slayton and all them. He just signed as an offensive assistant with the L.A. Chargers. I think that's big, man. Um, you know, we're, we've, we've been watching sports so long. We're starting to see a lot of the players that we got to watch in college and in the pros become coaches now. You know, he's not the first one, but it's just one of those ones that we like. Also, in the same breath, the quarterback from the Ohio State, uh, JT Barrett, he just signed as an offensive assistant with the Detroit Lions. Another one of these guys we watched play at Ohio State, great quarterback, two-year starter, uh, you know, the whole bang Shabazz, and um, national champion. And uh, he's about to be an offensive assistant with the Lions, and I just think it's dope to watch uh, players that we've been watching over the last two, three decades, starting to see them, you know, Start the second part of their career, whether it's coaching or owning. You know, we got John Lynch as a GM. You know, John Elway as GMs. And we got a bunch of players that are becoming coaches and taking over and and moving up. Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Vikings, was a quarterback in NFL. We watched. He wasn't a great quarterback, but he was a, a, a journeyman backup and was always a backup and always on the roster. So it's like, you know, we're watching all these dudes just, you know, turn around and 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 grow and, and go into that next phase. And I think it's dope for Pat and JT. And I hope them all the well. And maybe in the next five or ten years, they're going to be the next big OCs or coaches coming out. So I'm rooting for those dudes. Uh, another news, another camp signing. The Chiefs signed Carlos Dunlap to a one-year deal. They thought they thought he was going to sign with the Panthers. Because the Panthers were definitely interested. But uh, the Chiefs, they need another body. Because you know you got you got Chris Jones. You drafted George Car- uh, Karloffis. He's a rookie, and we're not sure how good of a pass rusher he's going to be right out the gate. He's going to be a tremendous run stopper, play the edge, set the tone with, you know, will he be a good enough pass rusher as a rookie to stay on the field for all four downs? And if you don't, you bring in a little insurance with Dunlap. He had eight and a half sacks last year for Seattle. So 
He's still an effective player in the league. I think it's a good pickup. Uh, another pickup, Julio Jones just signed with the Bucks. You know, there's pitches and everything going on. Julio's my favorite, second favorite receiver of all time next to Terrell Owens. So uh, I, I love this. So I was super excited when he was on the Titans. Obviously, it didn't pan out how he wanted it to. He ended the season with, what, 40 catches, 300 yards, two touchdowns, three touchdowns. But again, he was playing our number two. And then not only was he our number two receiver, A.J. Brown missed six games. So he had to go be the one for a couple of games, which is just more pressure that he didn't really need in the edge, in, in the point of his career. I'm hoping this is his last stop because I really don't want him to be like a super journeyman just chasing this ring around. But hopefully he stay here for a year or two and retire when Brady retires. Shit. But it's definitely an upgrade for them. He'll help out. He's basically going to play like the Antonio Brown role. I'm going to get the worst dudes guarding me because I still got Chris Godwin. We still got Mike Evans. We still got these backs off the backfield. Still got Cameron Braid at tight end. Now we got Julio Jones. He'll look better in a Bucs uniform than he did in a Titans uniform. And that's fine. I don't mind saying that. You know what I'm saying? I'm a realist. But it's just all because of how you treat him. He's not going to be treated or looked for as a one or a two. He probably won't even play in a lot of games because he won't need to. So they'll, they'll preserve him for when it's winning time. And they just signed Russell Gage, too, who's going to play a slot a lot. So Julio, Julio will probably play on the outside with Mike Evans. And then they're going to let Russell Gage and Godwin work the slot. And then Godwin can still go outside from time to time. So literally, Julio is literally going to be a spotted player. He's literally playing the Antonio Brown role. And you see how great Antonio Brown looked. So Julio Jones would be kind of on the same hype. And in the same breath on that same team, on a, on a, on a, on a much uh, softer, sadder note, Starting center Ryan Jensen for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was carted off the field first day of pa- first day of camp. They ain't even in pads yet. He was carted off the first day of camp with an apparent knee injury, and it's looking like they're not sure if it's gonna be a, a season injury yet because it's still swelling on the knee. So they're not sure if it's gonna be season injury, but they know he's gonna be out for a long period of time for sure. And what makes it worse? Tampa's already suffering in the middle. You know, Ali Marpet, their starting right guard, just up and retired. And then uh, um, their other guard, uh, ooh, uh, oh, I just had it. Uh, Alex Kappa, the left guard, he signed with the Bengals. So their whole interior at the start of week one will be brand new. Literally two new guards and a new starting center. Often to be new. So that's another, you know, luckily they got the GOAT right there at quarterback. So. He'll be able to, you know, make it work, but he's definitely missing his, not his best offensive lineman, but Brady's favorite offensive lineman. That's his protector. That's the guy who really got Brady back. That's who will go out there and take a 15-yard personal foul penalty. And I'm not saying he's a dirty player, but I'm letting you know that he protects his quarterback, and I respect that. And I'm I'm hoping he ain't out for the year. Hopefully, you know, maybe it's just, you know, maybe something lighter. You know what I'm saying? Maybe if MCL, not the ACL, not a broken leg or something like that, maybe he can come back towards the back end of the season or the playoffs because we know they're going to be a playoff team. But again, this Ryan Jensen thing really hurts because now they got to literally get three new starters to protect Brady and where he needs the protection the most. The tackles, they they set out there at tackles. But Brady ain't rolling out and scrambling out the pocket. He needs the protection right in the middle. So that that one's going to that one's going to be tough. But again, it's a couple free agents still out there. Billy Price is out there still. And uh, J.C. Treader from the Browns is a, is a really good center still out there. And they got a couple dudes that uh, on their roster 
that they're going to try out. So it's still too early to tell what they'll go with, but we'll know in the next two or three days what's the full uh, uh, the full extension of Ryan Jensen's injury. And we pray for a speedy recovery for him, man, because like I said, he's a good football player. Another uh, another uh, injury-related thing or news is Chris Carson, the run, well, ex-running back of the Seahawks now because he officially just retired at the young age of 27 due to neck injuries. Uh, he was a good running back for the Seahawks. And um, I was literally just saying when I was doing my division breakdown of the NFC West that they drafted Kenneth Walker the third. And I was saying that if if Penny and Carson don't stay healthy, they're going to lose their jobs altogether. And it's crazy that injury gets this man put out of the league. You know what I'm saying? So it it, it sucks, man. Nobody wants to see somebody have their career cut short, especially at 27. He was still young in the league. He was literally getting better. He was their bail cow running back for the last like two years because Penny, because Rashad Penny kept getting hurt. That's how Chris Carson even got the chance because Penny was their first round pick where they wanted to be the dog, but he kept getting hurt. So Chris Carson came in and was like, man, let me show y'all something. So he made a little money in the league and uh, he played some good years and uh, the Seahawks uh, put him on the injured uh, NFL exemplist. So he'll still get all his money that he would have got for his whole deal. Whatever was left on his deal, he gets it all. That's a blessing. Shout out to the Seahawks, Pete Carroll and um, Schneider, not Schneider, but the whole ownership up there in Seattle for doing that for him because I didn't have to. And uh, well wish to Chris Carson. Uh, I pray that your uh, NFL life after is amazing, man, and you enjoy it. Enjoy what you did and worked hard for. For real, for real. And then another surprise signing in the offseason, Robert Kimdichie. I don't know if y'all remember him. Out of Ole Miss. He was a top pick out of Cardinals. And uh, he was high school number one player. He just signed with the Niners. And then now it makes sense because Eric Armstead got hurt. So you need them. You need you need camp bodies. Kim Dietschy is an interesting person. He's one of those dudes that if he works hard enough, he'll end up making a roster spot because he can play in and tackle. And that's one thing about uh, the 49ers defense led by D'Amico Ryans. Their, their front four has to be interchangeable. you got to be able to play in and tackle because we like to create matchup mismatches in the matchups that we have week to week. So good pickup for Robert Kim Dietschy. Can't body. Look out for him. Maybe try to make a roster for the Niners. And uh, Joe Burrow had appendect- appendectomy surgery. Not nothing major. Uh, got his appendectomy removed. I think that's what it's called. He got it removed or something like that. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but he has something removed. He said it's not going to cost him any season time. He said he'll probably be out the first week, maybe two of training camp. But, I mean, it ain't like he was going to be doing too much seriousness anyway. You know what I'm saying? You're going to protect your investment who just took your team to the Super Bowl in his, what, second year? So, protect your investment. Protect Joey B. Like they said, he'll be ready in about a week or two to continue activities like he didn't miss a beat and then dk uh gets a three-year 72 million dollar extension with 58 million guaranteed and the little kicker that they gave him for staying in seattle because they know it's gonna be a rough year if they don't get another quarterback they gave him 30 million as a signing bonus so obviously you know guaranteed money is 58 million so that means if he got hurt tomorrow he gonna get that 58 million all but a signing bonus means as soon as you sign your name on this dotted line you got $30 million in your account. He the highest, the highest, it's the highest signing bonus for any wide receiver in NFL history. So that man just made 30 ends by signing his name on a piece of paper. Shout out to DK Metcalf. I ain't even gonna front. And that's my uh quick hits and my quick NFL notes and news. Now we're gonna get into the meat and potatoes of these things. I'm a I ain't gonna zoom through it, 
But I'm going I'm to I'm talk through it real quick. I got the NFC East and the AFC East. I'm about to break down the divisions. They uh, All they additions and losses and free agent signings, your draft picks. We're going to talk about it, break it down, because I really want to get into these position battles between Raiders, Titans, and Niners, the, posi- the position battles I'll be looking out for. And uh, we're going to start, though, with the NFC East or the NFC Least. But I don't think they're going to be as bad this year because I think they're going to be the, the two top teams should be pretty good. But, you know, I start from the bottom. And at the bottom is the New York Giants. They went 4-13 and last year. Uh, I can't remember the name of their coach. That's sad. Joe Judge was the coach. He got fired. He's back in New England now. They signed Brian Dayball from the Bills, Bills offensive coordinator slash quarterback's coach. The guy who they're saying basically changed Josh Allen's game and helped him become the quarterback he is now. And I'm not saying Daniel Jones is Josh Allen in no way, shape, or form because he's not that physical. But as far as the athleticism, the height, the, the throwing, he got a nice arm. He's very athletic. We've seen him, you know, the meme of him running 80 yards and falling. But he's broken a couple big runs in his career. But the problem is he can't hold on to the football, whether it's throwing it to somebody else or dropping it and giving it to somebody else. So we'll see what Dayball does when he gets there and takes over. Well, he's there now, but we'll see what he do when the ball gets to rolling. Some notable offseason additions. They signed Tyrod Taylor as backup because if Daniel Jones is playing too bad, we're just going to put in Tyrod to not look horrible out there and finish the season out. They also signed Matt Breida, who's going to help him relieve Saquon of some of those running back duties. You know, he's coming off injury, so you definitely need another back to help him out a little bit. Uh, Mark Glowski, starting guard, they just signed him. And Jay, oh, I slay his last name, Feliciano. And he's another offensive guard that they signed in the offseason. Both of those dudes are going to be plug-and-play players because they lost. One of their guards was, wasn't good, and then they lost... Will Hernandez to the Cardinals. So you upgrade at both guard positions. You got two new starting guards to go and protect and help out with this running game. And uh, also drafted Kayvon Thibodeau with pick five in the draft uh, to plug and play at defensive end. Also took Evan Neal, who's going to be their starting right or left tackle, depending on what they do with Andrew Thomas, who they took in the first round a few years ago from Georgia. So now they got two bookends at tackle, two new right guards. Now Now they got a good offensive line. Not a great one, but they got a good one that should be able to compete and make holes for Saquon and, and, and make it a little easier on Daniel Jones because they still got a lot of weapons out there at wide receiver. We know that. And they added one in Wondell Robertson in the free agency. They added not in the free agency, but out the draft in the second round out of Kentucky. The kid can run. He does it all. He's like a slot outside. They got him, Kadarius Toney, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard. They got, they got some weapons out there, plus Saquon in the backfield. They got weapons. We're going to see what they do with it. And see how it works. But I do want to talk about. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, they took somebody in the sixth round. Darren Beavers. Guess where he went? I don't know if you remember any of the theme of the college I've been liking. Cincinnati. He played linebacker at the University of Cincinnati. And he played like outside linebacker. Sometimes he was off the ball. Sometimes he was rushing on the edge. And I think he has a chance to. Either depending on what front they run, I'm not sure if they're going to run a 3-4 or 4-3. I know the Bills run a 3-4. Or do the Bills run a 4-3? Bills been run. Oh, they run a 4-3. Sean McDermott came over from Carolina. So the Bills run a 4-3. So he can either play out. He'll probably play outside linebacker for them in their 4-3. But he has a little uh, ability to rush the pattern. So maybe in sub packages, he can go put his hand in the dirt. And him and Thibodeau and Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence can get after the quarterbacks. But I think he's going to have a, a chance to definitely not only 
make the roster because he's a six-round pick, but make an impact early in his season. So be on the lookout. Darian Baber, Dan Beavers out of Cincinnati. Y'all going to see the thing. Cincinnati guys, I love them. So, yes. But, again, with all that being said, they went 4-13 and last year. They'll probably go 6-11 and at best. If not, they'll go 4-13 and again. You probably get rid of Daniel Jones unless he does something that we haven't seen him do. They'll probably let him walk, and you go ahead and draft and start building for the future, and Dayball gets the quarterback that he wants to lead because that's, you know, it's his team now, and he'll be able to put his stamp on it with the quarterback he won't if Daniel Jones doesn't prove he can be a franchise quarterback who the Giants took with what, pick six, pick seven in the first round, what, four years ago? So good luck with that. But, again, I don't think they're going to do too much, but I do like the uh, pickups, and I do like the draft they had. They're definitely moving in the right direction. Not fast, but moving in the right direction. <laughs> and now we get on to the Washington Commanders, who under under undercoverlies finished seven and ten. And this is with no Chase Young at all, and with no Ryan Fitzpatrick with rotating quarterbacks. And they still finished seven and ten. And they had a couple close games down the stretch that they probably could have won if they would have been if they just had a better team or just a, a more prepared team is what I would like to use. Obviously, the big fish they signed is Carson Wentz. We'll trade it to get Carson Wentz from the Colts. And he's they, you know, they penciled him in as the starter. I I don't I, Carson ain't really been the same since the knee injury. And it's crazy because he he he's giving me RG3 vibes. You came out, pick two, just like RG3, made a splash, was was damn near better than the dude who went before you. And then you get that knee injury and everybody think you're going to bounce back from it. And you don't. And I think that's what we're seeing with Carson. And, you know, he's just getting a few more chances to bite the apple for obvious reasons that we won't get too deep into. But I, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to to do that. I don't I'm not sure if he's going to be able to deliver and really get the commanders over the hump. And they have, they got talent. Like they got talent. They got real, real talent. They also uh, signed uh, Andrew Norwell from the Jags, starting guard, and Tri Turner from the Packers, another guard who can start for them, two plug and play guards to protect Wentz, because Wentz gets sacked a lot, and when the pressure start coming, he gets shaky and he'll get to throwing the ball anywhere, and usually it's to the other team. So you definitely you, you get two guards to protect your quarterback. They already got decent tackles. You know, in the draft, they took Jahan Dotson in the first round. Another wide receiver, you put him out there with uh, Terry McLaurin and Sims and uh, and Logan Hollins. Not Logan Hollins, my bad. People know who Logan Hollins is. But uh, I just had a brain fart. The tight end. And now I can't think of his name because I said Logan Hollins. And that isn't his name. Logan Thomas. There it is. The tight end that moves from quarterback. That's their tight end. He'll help out in the offense. And I think Dotson will definitely be a big part of it. They also took Fadias uh, Matheson from Alabama in the second round because they lost uh, Matt Iodonis. Matt, I- Matt Iodonis. They lost him in free agency. And they need another D tackle right there. And I feel like Fadarius can come right in and play. Add him into that big old front of D tackles with Jerrigan and, and Payne. So now you got one more Bama boy to the mix. And. You might well call that front Alabama. They got an Alabama defensive line. For real, for real. 
They also took Brian Robertson in the third round, which is a running back from Bama. Physical running back will be the will be their physical runner to go with Gibson, who's their slasher receiver. So now you got power. Everybody's working on that. If you don't got a lead dog, you need two backs. So Gibson's nice. I like Robinson. He's going to definitely help out. I can see him getting a lot of carries this year to uh, spell Gibson in the running game. And he's a great pass blocker already as a rookie. Not a lot of running backs are good in pass pro. Brian Robinson is really good in pass pro, like really, really good. And I think that's another reason why he'll get a lot of reps, because even though Gibson's a better receiver, Robinson's a better blocker. And then the wild card in the fifth round, they took Sam Howell, quarterback out of North Carolina. Uh, they said if he came out last year, he would have been a first-round pick. Uh, he fell off very, very much over the seasons, but that could have been because of the new regime and loss of talent. You know, he lost both his receivers. He lost his running back. He lost his best defensive player. He lost a lot of guys. So, you know, now you're putting all the weight on your shoulders, and sometimes you crumble. And I'm not going to say that he won't develop into something clean, but they could potentially have their future starting quarterback on their hands. But, again, Chase Young coming back healthy. Defense is going to be fully healthy. Chase Young will win them another game by themselves. So they can, at best, I, they either go, They I feel like they're going to get worse. Though, I don't, I'm just not sold on Carson, man. He's just not mentally strong right now since the injury. So at best, it's 9-8, and eight, and they still miss the playoffs. At worst, 5-12, and 6-11. And, and they're going to be moving on from Carson Wentz after one year. So that that's my opinion on, on the commanders. And now we get to the two big dogs of the division. The team that I think will finish second in division. The Dallas Cowboys. And I know my Cowboy fans out there that's listening in. I got a few of them. They know who they are. They'll probably call me and talk to me personally about it. Cowboys finished 12-5 and last year. Um, you know, lost in the uh, playoffs first round to the Niners on a crazy time management play at the end, which was wild. Won't even get into that. But in the offseason, you know, they lost Coop. They lost uh, Wilson. You know what I'm saying? But they also added James Washington in there to replace one of the receivers. I think James Washington is good, though. I think he'll help be a deep threat for Dak. Um, you know what I'm saying? Coming over from Pittsburgh, because you see how deep their receiving core is now over there. So you add him. You got CD. You got Michael Gallup. They not fiery. That's not like a fearsome, you know what I'm saying, raw receiving core. But that's not nothing to push over, especially when you got the best quarterback in the division. And I believe Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the division. So... I think he'll make it work with those dudes. They also signed Dalton Schultz back. I mean, t- franchise tag Dalton Schultz. So they'll get their tight end back. And then they address the offensive line needs because they lost two offensive linemen in, in free agency, Lyle Collins and Connor Williams. So you go draft Tyler Smith out of uh, Tulsa. And, you know, it was the, the you know he had a lot of holding penalties, but you can clean that up with coaching and technique. But the kid was a mauler. You go put the film on, he literally was slamming dudes in the ground. Couple of his holding penalties he got because he was slamming dudes too hard, I feel. So, you know, but that could be just me, but I definitely think he's a good pickup. But the still pickup for them could be Sam Williams. He's a defensive end, he went to Ole Miss, and he's a really good pass rusher, double digit sacks, but he has some off the field issues, you know what I'm saying? Some some sexual misconduct allegations against him. And I'm not gonna get too deep into that because obviously he got drafted in the second round. He's a changed man. He did his he did his time, he did his community service for what he did. And um, if this kid develops, because you know y'all that y'all lost y'all lost uh uh um, why I be having these brain farts on all these players? Randy Gregory, it's, I got so many names right here in front of me, all these notes. But they lost Randy Gregory to free agency to the Broncos, so they definitely needed another pass rusher. And I thought they could have went and signed Jason Pierre-Paul because he's still out there. 
But Sam Williams could could come in and impact great. You know they're going to still use Michael Parsons. They got Demarcus Lawrence still. So they got pass rushers to, to help. But they want somebody that because Michael Parsons is not going to be just a pass rusher. He's too good of a player to just rush the passer every play. He's too good. So you need somebody who can come in and do some of that when he's off the ball covering running backs and tight ends and slot receivers. So I do like that. Jalen Tobert, young wide receiver out of uh, Southern Alabama or South Alabama, however you want to pronounce it. Um, he's going to get a lot of reps early because right now we, they don't, they're not sure if, uh, if, uh, if um, Gallup, Michael Gallup is going to be ready for week one. So that definitely means James Washington and the rookie uh, Tobert going to get a lot of reps with CD out there uh, week one, week two. They said he could miss the first two to three weeks still recovering from that ankle. So look out for him. That's why they took him in the third round. Big receiver, about 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, you know what I'm saying? Big body, deep threat, possession, catch, all of that, over the shoulders. He's a, he's a good kid. And like I said, they got the best quarterback in the division. So he can he can elevate. He can elevate the players around him with his play. But that means that got to elevate his play. And they also took Jake Ferguson in the, as a tight end from Wisconsin. Jake Ferguson started at tight end for Wisconsin since he was a freshman. And that's because he can block his ass off. And he kind of is crazy. He gets read about Dallas Cowboys. He kind of reminds me of Jason Witten. He's about 6'5", probably about 250, 260. And he's not going to beat you deep. But he can. He knows how to get open. So I like Jake Ferguson. Um, I think he'll help out. I think he'll end up being the second or third tight end on the roster by the time season's in. And he'll, he'll play a lot. Again, Cowboys finished 12-5 and five last year. But I just think they, they lost a lot. I think they lost a lot. You know what I'm saying? They lost a lot of players. And I, I don't I still think they're gonna be a 10-win team. I got them winning, I got them going 10 and 7. But I don't think they're gonna win in division with 10 games. They could potentially even go nine, nine and eight. I really think they took a step back. And I'm not sure if Mike McCarthy coaching is going to be able to carry that. Cause they definitely lost a lot of talent. But they still got talent on the team. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I still got them as a 10-win team. But I don't. I can't see them winning that division. But onto the division winner, Philadelphia Eagles, and they went nine and eight last year, and uh, made the playoffs. Lost to Brady and them in the first round, and now they are fully giving the keys to the car to Jalen Hurts. And just to prove it, they lit it up this offseason by adding AJ Brown. You know what I'm saying? A number one wide receiver via trade, traded my Titans and got him. And now they got him with Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins. And they still got Jalen Rager. And they got Dallas Goddard. You know what I'm saying? So they, they still got talent out there. And then they signed Hassan Reddick, baller, who's going to be able to play inside, middle backer, and outside linebacker. They also signed James Bradbury, who's going to start on the other side, that corner of Darius Slay. Now they got two... They got a top 10 cornerback tandem in the league. Maybe even top five if I really start looking through it. But for sure, a top 10 corner tandem with Brad Berry and Darius Slay lining up out there. Also, throw Jaquiski Tart over the top. You know what I'm saying? Like, the boys, they, 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 they're making moves. They, they basically was like, here, Jalen, we're going to give you everything you need for this team to be more successful than we were last year. And if it can't be, we'll find somebody else. And I hate that they're going to put uh, Jalen Hurts on this short leash. But it's like, hey, you got all this talent around you. You better do something with it. And then in the draft, they drafted Jordan Davis, who was a massive man out of out of uh, Georgia, defensive tackle, three hundred forty pounds, ran four seven. The kids a, a beast. Him and Fletcher Cox are going to kill people, and like literally, somebody going to die. They're that good. They're going to be. There's just too much massive weight in there. 
This is too much weight. Then they got Cam Jurgensen, the center out of Nebraska, because Jason Kelsey already said this is his last season. So as a parting gift, they told him, let us know what centers you like so we can find your replacement so it could be somebody that you actually want to train. And he told them, if Cameron Jurgensen is available, I want him. And that's the type of organization you want. And they literally drafted him in the second round. And they got a memo. They got a video of him going crazy when he seen they drafted who he wanted. So that's one of those things you like where you're setting up foundation. Kelsey wants to see them see the Eagles successful after he retire. That's a, that's a teammate. And that's somebody you want. So I, I definitely like that pickup. And then the best pickup of their whole draft is N'Kobe Dean, who was supposed to, who should have went in the first round. But I guess he uh, tore his peck at Georgia Pro Day. So he had surgery, and then he only like 5'11", and he didn't work out at the combine. So all of that made him fall from a top 15 pick to the middle of the third round. But if you go put on the tape and put the numbers out there, oh, this kid's a baller. You would say he was the best player on Georgia defense. Then everybody would be like, well, look at all those other first-round picks that he had playing with him. Well, that means if you put a talent around him, he's going to ball. And what the Eagles got is talent on that front line and in that back half. They needed a linebacker. They got one. Him and Hassan Reddick are going to wreak havoc in the NFC East. N'Kobe Dean might win defensive rookie of the year. He's going to be that good. He's pro- he was probably the smartest player in the draft. Top three smartest players in the draft when you go put him on that board and talk X's and O's with him. He's a tremendous player. He was the best linebacker in the country, arguably the best defensive player in the country, and he went in the third round, and he fell. And the Eagles got one, and he going to go crazy for him. And then uh, they got in the sixth round, they got Grant Calcaterra, tight end out of SMU. He's a receiving tight end, really good wide receiver, can inline block a little bit, but played a lot of flex. I think he'll get to play a lot in the slot. Him and Dallas got her to be a good one-two punch. And um, Eagles went 9-8 last year. I got them winning 11 games, y'all. Two more wins for the Eagles. Two more wins. I think Jalen Hurts takes a step, so that's a win. I think A.J. Brown's worth at least one win, so that's how I get to 11 and 6. And if they don't have a good year, bad side, bad kid, worst-case scenario, A.J. Brown's hurt half the year like he was in Tennessee, and Jalen Hurts doesn't get it, they go 9-8 and eight again, don't make the playoffs, Cowboys win a division, and Jalen Hurts is cut, and they go draft a new quarterback. I'm hoping for the better end of that because I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts. Again, I got Philly winning this division at 11-6. Cowboys behind them at 10-7. The Washington Commanders maybe 9-8, and eight, maybe 8-9. Eight and nine. And then the Giants pick up, bring up the end at 6-11. and 11. Uh, Next, we're going to get into the NFC. I mean, not NFC, but the AFC East with the big dogs. And uh, you already know from bottom to top, we're going to start with the Jets. I think they're going to finish last in the division again. I think they'll be much more competitive. I think they'll be a much more physical team. I think they'll be better all the way around. But I think this whole division has gotten better. And I think if the Jets make a super step, how I think they could in the next year or two, this division could be one of the best divisions in the NFL. Yes, I'm talking the AFC East. And we're going to start with the Jets. We know, like I said, Robert Sala's their coach. They went 4-13 and last year. But they addressed needs that they knew they were going to need. They addressed them and they went and caught them and they got them early in the free agency. They lacked down the they lacked down the seam of the middle of the field presence. Down the seam, they go get two tight ends. Tyler Conklin from the Vikings, who started basically all last year because Irv Smith got hurt. And then CJ Uzama, who got hurt 
a week before the Super Bowl for the Bengals, but who's their best tight end? Now they go get two starting tight ends. Bam, plug and play, add tight ends. They add Dan Feeney and Lincoln Tomlinson, two guards. Down the middle of the field is where they were where they were lacking. And you can see they got there. Two guards, two tight ends. Right down the middle of your offense is where they felt like they were lacking the most. So you go address that with two tight ends, two guards. Then on the back end, you go get DJ Reed from Seattle, who probably going to start that corner on one side. They ended up getting uh, Jordan Whitehead from Tampa Bay, who's going to start at safety for them at one of the safety spots. And then again, they signed Quan Alexander just yesterday. So they definitely made moves to get better on the offense and defense side of the ball. I like that. And then in the draft, like you know, Jets probably had the best draft out of everybody. Three first-round picks and a couple seconds, and we'll just run down it. They took Sauce Gardner, uh, uh, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, and Brees Hall with their first four picks. And we, I'm thinking Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed going to be plugged and played at the corners. Garrett Wilson out there at wide receiver with uh, Elijah Moore and and uh, Corey Davis. Them going to be your three wide receivers you walk out there with. Breeze Hall and Michael Carter-Williams in the backfield. New, new guards. Hopefully, Makai Beckton come back healthy. Uh, Fant on the other side at right tackle. Man, they 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 looking all right. Like I said, they look like they're making progress to be a better team. They're not saying they're going to go in 10 games, 12 games, but the Jets will be a better team. Whether their record shows it or not, they'll be better. And I definitely got them winning six games this year. Six to seven games. I think they can win six to seven games. And that'll keep Robert Sala off the hot seat going into next season. But I like the Jets. I like the moves they made. Now, the team I got finishing second to last, but it's really tight up here. And you'll see as I break it down, is the Miami Dolphins. And I could have put the pages right here because you'll see as I break it down. The Miami Dolphins went 9-8 last year. A lot of injuries, the two of them, two of madness. Uh, Flor, uh, Brian Flores saying that's trying to pay him to suck, sabotage. You know what I'm saying? So you take that into a, a wash, and you said a team that was sabotaged from the inside with nine and eight, when nobody, you feel me? That's 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 great for a team that was sabotaged to still win nine games. But they got a new head coach, Mike McDaniel's, uh, offensive coordinator, run games coach for the Niners. So you know he's gonna come over and bring a running game over here, and. Free agency in the offseason, they brought in Tyreek Hill via trade. Uh, you already know that's the big fish. You pair him with Jalen Waddle. They also uh, signed Cedric Wilson from the uh, Cowboys, who were number one over there. Another speed demon out there. They really got a track team out there. Raheem Moster, also speed demon out there. Like They literally, and they signed Sonny Michelle. So you see they, they, they're going to run the ball. Chase Edmonds from Arizona Cardinals. That's three running backs they signed. Not to mention, they still got Miles Gaskin on the roster. You know what I'm saying? Like, Dolphins making moves. They made real moves. Tariq Armstead, I mean, Tarrett, Tarrett, I always forget, mess up his first name. But Tarrett Armstead from the Saints, the left tackle, going to instantly come in, plug and play, protect to a blind side. Connor Williams, the guard from the Cowboys, plug and play on the right guard. It's like, man, that I, I I like what they did. Melvin Ingram, Trent Sherfield. Like they added, they added pieces. They added pieces. And I think they I think they gon' I think that it's gonna show when they put it out there. Obviously, the big domino is Tua. You know, can Tua do it? They didn't have no first or second round picks, 
but they definitely took Channing Tindem with a third-round pick, middle linebacker from Georgia. Georgia Bulldogs. He wore number 41. He was their dog linebacker. He was the dirty one. He was the one you didn't know about, but he did the dirty work. Go put the tape on and you'll see he pop out. He might end up getting, being a starting linebacker for the Dolphins. Him and uh, Roquan McMillan in the middle. So I do like that. They definitely made moves. And I got them winning 11 games. 11 and 6. I think I think Tyreek Hill can get them two wins. <laughs> for real. Tyreek Hill worth two wins. Plus all the other stuff they added to. I'm not just saying just Tyreek. But you know, Tyreek plus the coach. Plus these all these running backs. All these wide receivers, offensive linemen, like they literally retooled their whole team. And they are, so I definitely got them winning 11 games, 10 games at worst, but 11 games for the Dolphins. And I think that could dethrone this team I got in second for the second place spot. And that's the Pats. Pats finished 10 and 7 last year, and they got spanked by the Bills in the playoffs. But Mac Jones showed promise as a rookie. He was my favorite quarterback in that draft. Um, and he's still looking like it. Obviously, Trey Lance and Trevor Lawrence and Zach going to have something to say about that. And Justin Fields all going to have something to say about that coming into year two. So, you know, we'll see. But in the offseason, they traded away Nikhil Harry. So, traded it traded to the Dolphins and got Devontae Parker to replace your big outside receiver with another big outside receiver. They also signed Lil Jordan Humphrey from the Saints, another wide receiver. They signed offensive tackle Darrell Williams from the Panthers who probably will come compete for a job over here. Um, my favorite offseason movie they did, they traded with the Browns and got Mac Wilson. Mac Wilson played middle linebacker Alabama. He also played a linebacker for the Cleveland Browns, and they traded and got him. I think he's going to make an immediate impact on the Patriots this season. He's going to be a green dot player for them. He's going to call and run the team. You know these Bama boys don't play. Y'all know how this works. Bama boys go crazy, and he's going to be another one of them players. They also got Malcolm Butler back, and they signed Jabril Peppers, who I think will be pretty good on their team. As far as the draft, they took Cole Strange in the first round at guard out of Tennessee Chattanooga. Shocked the draft. Nobody um, thought he was going to be in the first round, but everybody thought he was a starter. So that was my only thing. It was like everybody was mad that they took Cole Strange in the first round, but everybody was saying they had him penciled in as a second or third round pick, but still was saying that he's going to be a starter on the team. So as much as you probably shouldn't have took him in the third round, it's like, you, I mean, in the first round, you still took a starter. Y'all know he's going to start and he's going to be a starter. So, you know, that's one of those things where eh, I think I guess it ain't a horrible, but you know, it ain't the splash player that everybody wanted. And then in the second round, he took uh, Tyler, Tyler Thornton out of Baylor, who ran the fastest 40 times, like 4-2-9, wide receiver, speed, demon, deep threat. But he had the dropsies. And it's crazy because I, I went to go watch film on him because at Baylor, I watched a couple Baylor games because I liked that quarterback. But he didn't run a lot of deep routes. He probably had like, I probably watched two games and I watched like two highlights. And most of his stuff is really a quick catches across the middle. He's a lot of run after catch because of the speed. So... As much as we was roasting Bill for his draft, I feel like he really drafted Patriot players. Like It's like, it don't matter where I draft them at, I'm drafting my players. So if all these players end up being pro bowlers and, and, and contributors, it don't matter where they drafted at, they fit. He drafts for fit, not for best available. He drafts for the best player for my team. So that's, and, and you can't knock Bill. Until it don't work, I'm not going to say it's not going to work. Only thing that we don't we ain't sold on is his coaching shit right now. That's the only thing I'm not sold on. But my favorite pick is Pierre Strong. They took him in the fourth round, no fifth round, out of uh, South Dakota State. 
He's a running back. And they still got James White, but he's just like James White. He's just like James White. He's going to be a receiver. He's their receiving back. He'll be a great receiver, but he can run the ball also because he had a lot of touches at South Dakota State as a regular running back, the Jackrabbits. And um, I think he'll be a good pickup. They also took two corners, Marcus Jones and Jack Jones, I think, who will come out and actually play early as rookies a lot, not probably starters. Well, Marcus Jones can start at the slot right now at five foot nine. He's probably be their starting nickel. But Jack Jones will play a lot. I like what the Patriots did, but I don't think they got tremendously better, but I don't think they got worse. But that's one of those things where I always say staying the same and everybody else getting better around you could potentially make you worse. So I literally got them going 11 and 6 or 10 and 7 again. So that's why I said you, I could have put Miami in front of them if I wanted to, because I really got them both having the same record. One game will separate them two for the second spot because ain't nobody taking the top spot yet from the big dog Bills. And they went 11 and 6 last year. And. Lost in the uh, divisional round to the Chiefs in a doozy, but um, I definitely, I definitely think uh, the Bills is, is is to be reckoned with. They lost Cole Beasley, so they end up getting Jamison Crowder back. They get OJ Howard because they lost Tyler Croft. They get Roger Southall and David Quisenberry, two offensive guards, to help with the run game because they want to be a better running team. And they felt like they didn't run the ball enough or or effectively enough last year and I, I agree with that so you go get two guards to fix that and then the big fish they brought in von miller mr super bowl me to try to help him help them win a ring and help uh increase that pass rush and get after the opposing quarterbacks and that's what von miller does at a high level so i definitely like that and then in the draft they took kair elam the corner out of uh, florida in the first round who's going to probably start right next to Jadavius white as a rookie james cook who probably won't start out the gate over Devin singletary but by his season's in uh, 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 James Cook will be the starting running back. And then in the fifth round, I skipped over this third round, fourth round, because I know y'all know I like to pick a player that I like. They took this guy named Khalil Shakur out of Boise State. And he's a slot receiver, outside receiver, slot receiver. He, but he played a lot of slot at Boise. And he'll probably be more of a slot in the league. Like I said, they got Jamison Crowder. But but. But Khalil Shakur is a boy. And he'll if he don't earn a spot in his rookie season, Crowder will be done in one season and Shakur will be a starting slot for them next season. I thought he was going to go higher than fifth round. I don't even know why he dropped. I had him as a second or third round pick. But, you know, that's the way the draft go. Anything could have happened that made him drop. But he ain't going to be dropping no passes, I'll tell you that. The kid's got sticky on his fingers. Like, real, 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 real sticky, sticky. You know what I'm saying? Go put the tape on and check him out. But with that being said, like I said, I still got the Bills winning the division. They went 11-6 last year. I got them going 12-5, maybe even 13-4. and I think they're going to take another step. That's going to be an MVP candidate again. Stephon Diggs, another year in the offense. And him and their rapport is, is amazing. Like I said, two new guards to help in the run game. They're going to run the ball better. I think the Bills literally got better. Both sides of the ball. That's how you go do it. And that's how you dominate and look out. And I think the Bills going to win the division. Followed by the Pats and the Sleeper Dolphins. And then the Jets will be bringing up the rear. And that's my NSC and AFC East breakdowns. Now, I know I've been boring, y'all. But I'm finna get real briefly and quickly into a couple camp battles that I want to talk to y'all about. And I want to start with the Niners first. And then we'll, we'll I'm going to just get to it. So, the Niners, you know, they started camp. And to me, they two biggest camp battles that you're going to want to watch this year will be at corner and at safety. 
Because I know they 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 got 10 corners at camp right now. 10 corners, 7 safeties. And it's definitely uh it's definitely going to be a battle for those extra spots. We know for a fact Emmanuel Mosley, the fifth-year player out of Tennessee, he'll be there. We know Jason Verrett, TCU, going to be there. They signed Tredavious Ward, so he'll be a starter. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Emory Thomas, who played a lot last year as a rookie. Uh, my boy D'Lo, favorite player, Dante Johnson, in his ninth year, still kicking. And then they got a couple rookies, Tyreek Castro uh, Fields out of Penn State, who's a rookie. And then Samuel Womack III out of Toledo, another rookie. And then uh, Quintez Knight, a first-year player out of UCLA. So they deep out here in camp. They got 10 bodies that probably keep six, six to seven corners plus four DBs, maybe five. I'm going to go with four, four safeties. So they move. Uh, they moved Lenore, who they had playing corner a lot last year out of Oregon. They moved him to safety. They still got Jimmy Ward. And they still got the youngster from last year out of USC, uh, Hafanga. They got uh, Leon O'Neal, a rookie out of AM. I really am keen on this position battle because I really want to see what Verrett does. I don't, I'm not 100% sure if he might make the roster now. I'm looking at the way this is going because you know Mosley ain't going nowhere. And Ward, I penciled him as the starters for real. Unless Mosley going to kick into the slot, and then they'll go with Ward and Verrett and Mosley, and that'll be your three corners. But I like Thomas. I think Thomas, I think Emory Thomas will still be on there. He'll pick up one of those roster spots. Um, they uh, Daquez Denard is 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 an eighth-year player out of Michigan State. I don't think he's going to make the roster, though. I just think he's a camp body. I think he'll get cut. Deontay Johnson, he'll probably make the roster because he knows the, he knows the team. He knows the, the scheme. So it's just easy to keep him. So I say out of those 10, you keep Ward, Verrett, Thomas, Mosley, Johnson. And then maybe one of those rookies stay. And then the other rookies you'll put uh, on practice squad. And I think that'll end up being, but that's the camp battle I'm going to be tuned into. And I'll, you know, every, you know, every so weeks, I'll let y'all know what the update is and who's predicted as the starters and who's been doing what, who looks good in practice and who don't. And then at safety, we know Jimmy Ward's going to start. The question is, who's going to start next to Jimmy Ward? Because we know Tart is now in Philly. Uh, I know they like George Odom out of Central Arkansas, but he more like a special teams ace. He gets a lot of reps. I know Travars Moore is coming off of an ACL injury out of Southern Miss. He's a fifth-year pro. I know they like him, too. Um, again, Jimmy Ward's going to definitely be the starter. They drafted a rookie, uh, Tyler Hawkins, out of San Diego State. I think they're gonna go with uh Hafanga and, and Jimmy and Jimmy Ward as the two safeties. And they'll go like that. And then you know hybrid Hafanga can always go in the box and play if he needs to, next to uh uh Bobby uh, not Bobby, but Fred Warner. So I definitely I definitely think that the secondary is the 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 definitely the hot position camp battle for the Niners, and I'll be tuned in from start to finish to see what DBs they keep and uh how they look coming into this year and another year in D'Amico Ryan's under that defense. Next, I got to go to my Titans. And I'm pretty sure y'all know one of my position groups that we're talking about is wide receiver. And we got, what, 12 receivers in camp right now? Robert Woods, uh, Nick Westbrook, Akina, the rookie, Traylon Burks, 
Josh Malone, a third-year player out of Tennessee. Racing McMath, who we took last year. Uh, uh, Des Fitzpatrick, who we took last year. Uh, Cody Hollister, who we took three years ago. Uh, Cal Phillips, a rookie we took. And um, uh, Reggie Robertson, who we, uh, who's an undrafted free agency. Brandon Lewis, another undrafted free agency free agent we signed for the camp. Um, obviously, we lost A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. We literally lost our two top wide receivers. Lost them both. So, we got to replace them. Robert Woods coming off of ACL. Nick Westbrook Keenan has never been a number one or a number two. He had a couple. He started a couple games for us last year. He looked okay. I'm not sold on him being a number two or a number one. So, that goes to the rookie, Traylon Burks. Um, between him, Robert Woods, and Nick Westbrook Keenan, I'm feeling like that's going to be the three. We're going to walk out there when camp starts. But a few players I want to keep tabs on is Cal Phillips, the rookie out of UCLA. We took him in the fifth or sixth round. This kid's a slot receiver, and he's a, a route runner extraordinary. He's been killing that camp. I don't think nobody been able to stop him at camp all year. But, again, he wasn't, he ain't really been with the, with the starters. He's been playing with rookies and backups. Now he's in the big camp. We'll see how it go when he gets some real ones lined up in front of him when he gets those reps. But I think he'll make the roster, and I think he'll end up Playing a hell of a lot, depending on how Westbrook and Robert Woods look, he'll end up taking that slot job as a rookie because he's a great route runner as a rookie. And then uh, other than that, man, it's like, you know, we just kind of want to see. We got uh, 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 Jason Godwin from uh, Georgia. He came out two years ago. We got him from Philly. He got deep threat potential. But again, a lot of these dudes to me are like camp bodies, and we just trying to see who going who gonna to come in and do what. But again, the receivers I feel like we're going to go with Robert Woods, Westbrook Aquina, Traylon Burke, Racing McMath, Fitzpatrick, um, Phillips, and Racing McMath. Maybe we sign Josh Malone. So that'll be six people. Six people. We go six deep. We carry six receivers on the roster, and we'll probably store another two of these dudes on the practice squad. But again, this is the battle I'll be tuned into because I want to see who's going to be starting with Robert Woods. Will it be Westbrook or will it be Traylon Burks or will it be other? Will it be Rayshonic Matt? Will it be Josh Malone? Because they've been having great camps. Josh Malone's having a great camp for real, for real. So we'll see. Y'all know I'm going to keep y'all posted. Tighten up. You busy. But uh, and another position battle I like is our cornerback battle. And this one isn't a bad one. This one, I'm more so just want to see who comes out on top. We got Christian Fulton. Out of LSU, going into his going into his fourth year, and um, he's going to be our one corner. He'll follow. I don't know if he's going to follow. He can, but uh, he's going to be our number one corner. He'll guard the big dogs. Um, out of LSU, he had a great year last year. He, he missed a couple games with injury, but I really liked what he did, and I think he has the upside to be a big, big shutdown corner for us in this uh, upcoming season. And then we also got Caleb Farley, who we took last year with our. Second first round pick, and he tore his uh knee up what week four on his first game, first game playing after recovering from neck and shoulder surgery, tore his ACL first game week four. So I'm not sure if we're gonna just plug and play him as a starter at the two spot, or if we're gonna go with Roger McCrary, who we just drafted in the second round out of Auburn, who has been uh the highlight of the camp, who's basically been the best corner in camp up to this point. He's been the best corner in camp up until this point. So 
I'm not sure if he's going to start or McCrary, if McCrary is going to start. And then in the slot, we're going to start the rookie, Elijah Molden. He started last year as a rookie. I mean, he he a one-year pro now. He started last year as a rookie, and he balled out. I think he'll be starting for us in that slot. I think McCrary can play a little slot if we need him to also. So I like we got four corners that I truly, truly like. And then down the list is where I want to know. We got uh, Chris Jackson still who played a lot. Since his rookie year, he's been playing. Uh, he plays a lot of slot for us, too. Um, we drafted. Uh, not drafted, but we picked up uh, Shaheen Carter. from uh, His second-year player out of Alabama. He's in camp with us. Um, yeah, that's about it. I ain't even going to front. These other dudes we got, it's just like camp bodies. But those dudes, like I said, Fulton is going to be our one. But the big battle is between Farley, Farley and McCray for that number two spot to see who's going to help put the secondary together with Kevin Bayard, Malik Hooker, and uh, I mean, Amani Hooker. Kevin Bayard, Amani Hooker, and Christian Fulton figure out who's going to be that other corner and then Elijah Moulton to be in the slot. But again, this is the battle I want to see because the way they're talking about McCrary, right, we might, Kelly Farley might be a rotational player until he earns some keep because McCrary name every week they talk about it. he getting the pass breakup on the receiver or he picking the ball off. So I'm definitely excited to see that. So that's that's the our cornerback battle. Again, I think we'll probably keep five corners, maybe six. And four of them you already know, plus Chris Jackson. And then that last spot will be open. And that's why we'll be watching the same preseason games to see who can end up taking that sixth spot and be uh fill that last spot up for us. And now we go over to the Raider Nation. Now, let me tell y'all something. I love the Raiders. I ain't even going to front. I, 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 don't, I don't think I've ever, like, been a Raider hater in my life. I've had moments where I hated on Niners and not necessarily Niners, but just a couple of Niner fans that'll make you, you know, rub you the wrong way. But I really ain't, ain't got no ill will towards either one of them, in, in for real, for real. But I really enjoy the Raiders, and that could be just being an Oakland product, but they're the Vegas Raiders now. But they signed a gazillion people, bro. They're going to have about... 17 to 19 defensive backs in camp. And they need it because that secondary is has been losing players left and right. And I'm not going to name all 19 players. I really got them all written out in my notes. But it's they got 19 dudes. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to just run off the dudes who I think will, will have a chance to play. And then, you know, we'll see who will be starters. They signed Anthony Everett from the Ravens. I think he has a high chance to play or be a starter. Nate Hobbs, y'all know y'all like him. Uh, y'all got the uh, Kayla LeBlanc from the Bears. He he's he was a decent slot, so I know y'all gonna be looking for a slot. So he have a high chance. Uh, Amik Roberts, LA Tech, Rocky Sin, who y'all traded to get, and then Jonathan Abrams. I want to see what he plays at in practice because they ain't really showed him a lot. So I want to know is he gonna play a lot safety or is it gonna be more in the box? They haven't really said yet. But that that matters because they signed Deron Harmon, too, from the Patriots, ex-Patriot. And I think he's a good safety. I still think he has starting safety potential even at year 10 in his career. He can still be a starting safety next to the youngster, Trayvon Mooring, who they drafted last year in the first round to be the they, they booking as that safety. And then, man, uh, yeah, I, I, I like him. I definitely like him a lot. I think... Uh, yeah, I think Darius, they got a, I think, um, yeah, looking at this, boy, they got a bunch of people, bro. 
This is going to be a battle battle. I want to say Everett, Rocky Sam, Trey Mullins. If I had to just, you know what I'm saying, go with one right now without even watching anybody else, then would be the three, three uh, you feel me, I'm going to start with. That would be the three, three uh, corners that I would walk out with. For sure, for sure. Everett, Rocky Sam, Trayvon Mullins, and Everett can play the slot. And Rocky Sam can play the slot. So, they're interchangeable. Going to be my three corners. And down the Everett, you will play a little strong and a little hybrid. And then between Harmon and Mooring, bam, that would be my secondary. But like I said, bro, they got 19 defensive backs in camp. So, it's going to be a battle battle. So, make sure y'all tune into Raiders camp and see, see, see what dudes make this roster. Again, I got a list of these dudes. And I think it's going to be interesting. And then another position that I marked for the Raiders is offensive line. They got Colton Miller. I like him. Alex Letterwood's going to make the change from right guard to right tackle now. So now the tackles is hoping you got your bookend tackles to protect David Derek Carr for the next however many years he's going to be around. And then uh, Denzel Good out of Marshall. Uh, Bam Olosny, first-year player out of Utah. Um, then y'all drafted, uh, Dylan Parham out of Memphis, a guard to probably go ahead and throw that guard because y'all finna move Alex Leatherwood, but y'all brought in, it's, y'all got 15 offense alignment at camp. And again, it's another one of those positions in need that they, they definitely working on building the line. And, uh, I like what they got in here. They got a lot of people in camp and I just kind of want to see who going to play out and, and be those and be those guys. They got some youngsters. They got a couple undrafted guys on here. Who names that I, you know, I'm gonna have to go look up and see. But I'm interested in seeing the Raiders' offensive line and secondary battle because those are the positions to me where they they lack where they lackluster at. I should say. So Raiders position battle, offensive line and defensive backfield, whole secondary. 49ers whole secondary and Titans wide receiver and cornerbacks. I think those are. Some of the biggest concerns for our teams, and I say R because I told y'all my main fans is Bay Area fans. So I say R, and I know I'm going to have a Titan following eventually. So those are like our biggest camp concerns, or not even concerns, but to watch list. And I'm excited to watch all these teams. Like I said, in the weeks to come, I got more camp battles. We know Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. We know Kenny Pickett and Trubisky. We know. We know they're out there. We know the battles is out there. It's more battles. We know we know we're looking at the wide receiver battle in Kansas City and in Green Bay. I'm gonna touch on them too in the upcoming weeks. But y'all know I gotta hit the meat and potatoes first, man. I gotta hit them gangs. I gotta hit the squads. Niners, Raiders, Titans. And again, I'm gonna probably do a, a a pop-up episode before the Thursday game with the Raiders and Jags, just to go over the game, talk about who all gonna play in the game, what what players to play, who to watch for. Things like that. I thought I was going to do it here, but I felt like I took too much of y'all time up today, especially with the getting cut off. That cut off, that added an extra two, three minutes to the session. But again, I just want to thank y'all for tuning in to this podcast. Y'all already know, man, it's the Bringing the Wood podcast. I love y'all. Y'all amazing. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the support. Thank you for everybody who always telling me to keep going. I really enjoy this. It's fake weight, like therapeutic to me. So like, man, to the people who listen and thank you, and to the people who not, y'all need to be. Y'all already know, man. Go share this in a group you in. If you in a sports group somewhere or a sports page and they talk sports, post this. And, uh, man, tag me in it. Let me know what the views. I want to hear people think. I want to hear, do I sound good? Is this information, uh, information y'all know, y'all didn't know? Is this information that y'all can use to tell somebody else? 
Because, you know, it, it if, if I'm giving y'all sports information and none of it makes sense or none of it's, you know what I'm saying, panning out, then it's pointless. And I, I want to be a real sports talk. I want you to really be able to come on here, learn something, get some information. And as the season go on and I really get into college football on y'all, y'all will really get to see me open up my 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 uh podcasting bag or my sports bag. And y'all going to see just the in-depth and what I go through. Y'all going to see my setup. I got papers all over the place. Because I take notes and half of these notes that I write down, I don't even read. Sometimes I'm freestyling it because, you know, you, you remember a lot of the stuff, but you write it down just to have it. And again, I ain't going to blast, blast and continue to talk and babble all day. Again, thank y'all. This is going to probably be the longest episode y'all going to have for me. My bad, but I promise y'all y'all going to enjoy it because I really gave out some juice, some big time cap talk. Again, it's the Bring the Wood podcast. I'm Dana Wood and I just brought the wood. Y'all have a good one.